Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're about to listen to Bananas for Bonanza, Episode 10. This is Andy Daly. Hello. Here on this free feed, I'll be re-releasing all of the back episodes of Bananas for Bonanza, one every other week. If you want to hear new episodes ad-free, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Daly. The entire Bananas for Bonanza archive is also waiting for you there, and you can access lots and lots of bonus content. So do that. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah! Bonanza, it's the finest show alive. So consult your TV guide, get your great outdoors inside. Take some ponderosa pride and forever make it right. I'm bananas for bonanza. All right, you ready? Here we go. <laughs> Wait, what? What was that? What, That's what was the, that? the sizzling of a cyanide capsule. What the hell? Did Not you just take one? Oh, no, thank no, God. No, I, instead of shooting guns this time, I just, I don't know what, I, I'm out of guns. Are you because normally, folks, if you're just listening to this for the first time, that's a bad move. But uh, <laughs> I give I started off with a yah, a yeehaw, and then Mutt Taylor typically shoots a gun or a crossbow or a some or some or other weapon. And this time, did you bite down on a side eyed capsule? I just I just walked, I just stepped on it. Oh, you bit. stepped on a side eyed capsule. And so the fumes right now are a little alarming. I'm just going to open the back of my trailer here. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mutt, as always, recording from. His uh, truck out there. What do you what do you get your eighteen wheel a tractor trailer? Yeah, Peter Bill. Uh huh. Okay, folks. Hey, I'm gonna say the thing I say at the beginning of every one of these episodes. Actually, that's part of it now. At the beginning of every one of these episodes, I say I'm gonna say the thing I say <laughs> at the beginning of every one of these episodes, and then I go on to say, "Hello, friend. Come on in. The gate is open wide." And welcome to episode ten and eight of Bananas for Bonanza. If you are 
uh, a if you're if you are bananas for the television show Bonanza, you're in the right place. And if you're not. Get the hell out. Each episode of this podcast, we talk about an episode of the classic and short-lived TV Western series Bonanza, which only aired from 1959 to 1973, but it lives on in the hearts of every decent American, and today we're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 10, The Magnificent Ada, and we got some decent Americans here to help us out to do it, and so you already said hello to Mutt Taylor, and we are also joined, as always, by Amy Sleverson. Hello, Amy. Hello. I'm so excited to talk about this episode because it's so biblical in its in its shape and then it, it gave me some ideas for for multi-level marketing sales pushes and la- oh what what was the last word you said sales what pushes oh pushes Push. i thought you said Push. i thought you said cushions yeah, and i didn't I know got what a cushion. general bible question for you amy oh yes. oh oh Oh, Let me say first, for first-time oh, so, listeners, Amy yeah, Sleverson is yeah. a Christian entrepreneur, and she is uh, always coming up with new uh, Christian home good products inspired by Bonanza episodes. But, Mutt, you've got a question about the Bible. Well, yeah. Now, they talk about Ada in this like uh, she's a sinner, but they keep using the word actor. Is it in the Bible that actors are bad? Well, that is a very good question. But in this episode, I think Ada, she, rec- she represents... Uh, the Jewish people from the Good Samaritan, and she's left on the side of the road to die <laughs> as a sinner. But then two other, it's the rule of three, but this time they turn it to the rule of four. And the one, so one, two, and then the kicker. This was one, two, three, three people tried to save her, and then she went with the drunk, who's a Samaritan, and he saves her in the end. Because that's not what you don't see that coming. You think, oh, he's mean and awful, right. but it turns out he's the only one who'll stay. Wow. Oh, isn't that something? Oh, man, oh, man. So this is all about the good Samaritan. You don't this know episode. who's going to help you out. It might be a really mean drunk guy. <laughs> That's interesting. I wasn't sure I took that away from this episode, but we're, we're going to go through it scene by scene, and we're going to, because she's got a wonderful uh, interpretation there. But we do have a guest. Before we meet our guest, though, I just want to mention to you guys a funny, funny thing that happened to me. I got an email from Earwolf oh. telling me, uh, they were saying, well, this is the last episode of your of Bananas for Bananas. Well, that can't be. <laughs> I wrote it back and said, I think you're confused. They must have sent it to the wrong person. I feel sorry for whoever that is. But as everybody knows, we got 421 more episodes of this podcast to go after this one. And uh, I don't So uh, it, it, it's just funny to get the wrong email. It was made out to Dalton Wilcox and all that. I'll add that as a charm for my tragedy charm bracelet series. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What's good. it going to look It'll like? It'll look like a cyanide pill you can take. I assume that's what, yeah, or or maybe a microphone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a microphone, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, we, we ain't going nowheres, so I, I assume that must have been a mistake. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if I need to say it, but I am technically dead having uh, faked my own death after the uh, explosion at the ranch. Um so uh, that's I'm just throwing that out there, just telling you, like, we're going to keep doing this, even though I am. I am dead. Well, you look uh, pretty good, I got to say. Hey, all right. I'll take it. Okay, uh, let's meet our guest for this episode. We're going to be talking about uh, Season 1, Episode 10, and our guest today is a uh, is a person by the name of Sugar Cane. Is that, did I get that right? I oh, you got that. it right, baby. You oh. got it right. <laughs> right. Absolutely, you did. 
Sugar cane, now I understand you're you're a tailor or some kind. You're a suit maker. Or you're That's a clothing right, designer. What's the That's story? That's right, Daddy. I made Daddy. all of these suits in this episode. Are I made all the suits me? for the show. Yo, from oh my God, I didn't even know that. Wow. They didn't, they didn't tell me. One of them. They just gotta, told me you was a tailor. Wow. I tell you, I used to buy suits from, you know, nudie suits, nudie cone, who used to make them fine cowboy suits all them fellas would wear. And then I gave it up and went to Sugarcane because I saw so many suits on Bonanza. This guy, no shit, made me a suit out of abalone. Let me tell you something about nudie cone, okay? Let me tell you something about him. And I'm not a gossip. I'm not a gossip. <gasps> okay. But oh, to, call yourself to, nudie, to call yourself nudie and sleep in a full outfit, Take a shower in trunks. That's, that tells you something. About Are you person. trying to tell me that yeah. nudie cone was a never nude? Never nude. A never oh, nude. That's a fetish. Is it a fetish? Yeah. Oh, yes, it was. Yes, it was, Daddy. It still is. I, I thought it kind of seems to me like the opposite of a fetish, but it's a fetish, huh? But to never be nude? Never want to see your own naked body? The beauty that was made by the universe? Come oh, on, yeah. Daddy. That's a fetish, Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just to be clear to the listeners, I'm not your father. Oh, no, not at all, Daddy. Confused. Okay. Not at all, Daddy. <laughs> okay. I have a father, Daddy. <laughs> okay. All right, son. Well, I'm not your father. Now, <laughs> well, why'd you call him son? Huh? Oh, oh I don't... that's a good question. Yeah, I'm it's... a little weirded out by that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm a think little that weirded was out just... by that, Daddy. I, I'm sorry. Oh, it's just reflexive. Anytime somebody calls me daddy, I want to call him son. I, I, I got to hold myself back from saying it. This goes right into the episode of the oh. father-son relationships, oh, and they're yeah. all dating the same woman. This is a really complicated, complicated episode. It's really weird things happen in this episode. But I'm amazed here that we got the actual goddamn Taylor. Did you do all 14 seasons of Bonanza uh, all Sugar Cane? 14, baby. Oh, Absolutely. man. Did you Every make all the clothes or just the nice fancy suits? Just the suits, baby cakes. Only oh, the suits. Oh, I made them all. What? I made now, them all are you his hand. father? <laughs> no, Daddy. I have my oh. own children. It's a boy. <laughs> finally. Finally. Oh, oh, my boy. I do love you. <laughs> no, Mud, I don't think you're his father either. I think he just throws that word around, quite frankly. I don't That's think horrible you're his news. Oh, man. I lost you... a son today. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't have him all that long. Listen, baby O, I am Daddy? an artistic person. I am oh, a I suit maker. Okay? You got yeah. it? You dig? You I... dig that with a shovel? I'll, I'll dig it with whatever you tell me to dig it with. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what man, were, what? What were yeah. everyone's measurements? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, baby cakes. I will let you know, daddy -o. So, the first guy. She's your daddy. Wait a minute. Man, it's getting real confusing. All right, first, well, who, we've got, who's, uh, I'm sure, Amy, you want to mainly know about Michael Landon, this little uh, yes. girl. Because he's he got. Is, he is the li living second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, also, ha I don't know whether. And that would be interesting to find out whether he had genitalia. Oh, oh, yeah, that would you know, be interesting. What was his his uh, the the length of his trousers from mm. the crotch? He mm. did baby oil. I'll tell you <laughs> right now, from his belt line to mm -hmm. his crotch, oh. was 
14 inches. <gasps> I'm not gossiping. I'm not a gossip. I don't tell secrets, baby that's, cakes. That's the length it? of a dish towel. Yeah, and now that's not necessarily a reflection on his member. That's just basically his navel to the full length of his of his loin, his groin. Just that, that flat sort of no man's land. Oh, yes, his penis was only four inches. Oh, whoa. So oh. he had a real long lower torso, but a Ab- real short googly. Absolutely, baby lotion. He had oh, what? I'm not, I'm not. from from his navel to his nape. <laughs> to down there to the nape. Now in those days too, they used to wear their pants up fairly high. Yes. Yeah. People. Yeah. Right up there on the all the way on the hip bone there, way up. So he had a long pelvis. Is what you're telling us? Right. Very long pelvis, baby food. He. <laughs> it, it was baby from food. the navel to the nape, from now, the cradle to the grave. I believe Michael Landon had something like nine children, so I guess four inches will do it. It's not about the size of the boat. Yeah. It's about how many babies you can make with your penis. <laughs> now, well, is yeah. that from the Bible? I don't know. I haven't read it. Is that from the Bible? Uh, well, Probably, originally. Well, a lot of things can be construed from the Bible. For example, um, the Noah's Ark you know, that's a big boat. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, um, but it wasn't big enough really to, but it was just big enough to put all the animals on it so we could make a whole new world. So was it big enough? Maybe it was. I see. Right. So yeah. when you go, oh, right. that was a small boat, but what if it, it wasn't too small. It was just big enough because all they needed. Right. So that's, that's what my husband says. He says, that's all you need. <laughs> Yeah, he he doesn't want you complaining about that. Hell no. But, but I do have a new line of products. Yep. They're called jams, jellies, and unguents. There's the jam of Jacob. Um, it smells like lavender, but it's really chemicals. Oh. <laughs> there ain't no real lavender in there. Jacob was a liar and a pretender. And then... <laughs> Jelly of Jericho, and that's what that's um, because Jericho fell down and burned, and it's for, good for burning sensations. And then oh. the unguent of unction, and that's that's just for the taint. Oh, oh it's a oh. particular un, unguent. What, how'd you say it? Unguent? What's unguent of unction. It's a particular blessing, and it's it, it's all around um, family genital care. Oh, it's oh. a taint paint. Taint paint. Christian family genital care. That's what this is? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, as a man who rides a horse, I'll take any kind of creams or ointments for my taint right there. I'd be more than happy to apply it because uh, Lord knows it's uh, it's all, I'm just fully calloused all, all the way around. <laughs> well, and all of these can be used. For fist fights and gunshot wounds as well. Now, oh, well, would Michael Landon have to buy like two servings where everyone else would need one because he's got so much real estate down there? Michael Landon's taint. Yeah, let's about, get into it. Yeah, let's finally get to this. Four square inches. <gasps> oh, what? Four oh, square inches. Oh, square. Yes. His penis was the same, the same length of his taint. Because he was holy. <laughs> Isn't that something? That's the sign of being holy. Like the opposite of a 666 on your head is a four square inch taint. Man. With a cross on it. What? With a cross on it. Yes. He was marked. Huh. 
what a strange place for the Lord to mark him. But I, I, I never guess, thought to check my own tank to see if I'm holy. Yeah, I know. I could have all manner of uh, religious symbols down there. Uh, I've never have looked. I have one of those coexist symbols that's got all the religious icons on them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, good for you. That's strange. You ever hear anybody getting a tattoo there? Hmm. I never have. Yeah, Sugarcane, you ever seen that in all your uh, work? Listen here, baby food. I have heard, I have seen things that you would never imagine. And I'm not a gossip. I'm not a gossip at all. But I was making a suit for someone by the name of David Carradine. Oh, Oh, man. Kung Fu himself. Kung Fu Fu himself. Yeah. And on his taint, Mm -hmm. tattooed, was a boot print. (laughs) Really? A full size? Full size, 11 and a half boot print. I don't don't tell people's business. I don't gossip about people. I don't tell their private things. So, really. Man. Baby Bjorn, I'm telling you. You must be... You must be some kind of because t- I've been fitted for suits before and I've never had my taint inspected. Like, no, no. I, in fact, I've never been asked to remove my underwears or or have the my penis measured. So you are a full service. I can guarantee that you've never had a suit that fits you correctly. Oh damn! <laughs> I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. God damn! Hey, what was it like trying to fit a uh, 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 Dan Blocker as Hoss? That must yeah. have been a challenge. He's a he's a he's so man. Big. He's huge. You just cover I... him in with pillowcases. <laughs> and and you're absolutely right. I had to take every piece of fabric I had in my house to make a suit for him. Oh Full man! Full pillowcases. I had to rip them apart and wrap them. And, and let me tell you something. I don't gossip. No, I, I know. We know that about no, you. Yeah, that's. Cool. I don't no, say things that's not that. What you're like. Yeah. No. No. Never. Dan Blocker's taint. Oh, man. I was trying to put a pillowcase over it. I needed a queen-size pillow. <gasps> well, that's not the biggest of them, is it? Thank goodness. It didn't it's have to go all the way to the California, California King. king. <laughs> or, yeah, or a body pillow. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I like noticed the... Dan Blocker in this episode gets in a kind of suit which he never has before. So that must have been hell to have to costume him twice in this. He gets all gussied up. Yeah. He really gussied up. And I was under the gun. Let me just oh, tell really? you that, baby. I okay. was under the gun for that episode. They were rushing me like a Russian. Did the production staff use guns? Oh. They did. Every it was a, it was a everybody was method. You're set. kidding me. Whoa. So they're all walking around with the loaded guns on their holsters saying to the costume department, hurry up, get a new tie in here. Exactly, Daddy. Waving and pistols around. All the way from the Edith Head building. I had oh, to wow. Run. <gasps> from I had the to Edith sprint. Head building. Full wow. sprint from the Edith Head building over to another lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Edith Head building's on a different studio and you went, yeah. oh my God. Where's that one? They got one over there. Where's that? Paramount or some shit? NBC Universal. Oh, okay. You guys, you don't understand. Entertainment is mysterious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. So you, your headquarters was in the Edith Head building at NBC Universal, and you had to run back and forth from there to, to where they was shooting the Bonanza, which I believe was a different lot. Yes. 
Okay, wow. That's, see, this is the real behind-the-scenes stuff. We're finding out real shit. This is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe I didn't. I didn't even have any idea we was going to hear from the actual guy that made the suits for Bernal. All he told me was his name is Sugar Cane. He makes suits. My mind is blown. <laughs> unbelievable. Well, all right. Well, we're going to be coming to you uh, throughout this for, for little tidbits of information, and it doesn't all have to be about people's tanks, but if it is, it can <laughs> It can be. But, uh, but I'd I love to never. hear Okay. I no, people, I know I you're not. A, yeah, you know, absolutely not. I like that. I, about heard, you're like, I yeah. heard that most television and movie production is done inside a public bus. <laughs> I don't tell people's business. I can never tell you how movies are made. But let me tell you this. Yeah. yeah. It's the 212, the one that runs ah! the you're telling me that some of our favorite TV shows and movies are shot on a on a public bus going hold up Gloria? Just hold what was answer me this. Was Speed shot on a bus that then was shot on a bus? Believe it or not, it was not. What? None of that none of that bus you saw was a bus. That was not a bus. That was not a bus. God damn, they make magic. Everybody loves Raymond. You can tell the way the jokes land. It stops. Oh, that was a bus. a bus. And you that hear was a bus. A really slow bus, right? Oh. So in from traffic. time to time, that everybody loves Raymond will stop and people will get on and other people will get off and then it moves on to its next destination. Man, oh man, I had no idea. Now I'm going to go back and watch it for sure. Try to see if I can feel the stops. I, don't, I you didn't hear from don't, me. Don't, don't, don't. Don't, yeah, I should not go back and rewatch it. Magic. Right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's pretty good, but I don't know. I've only seen it but the once or twice. So I forget it then. I won't go back. Well, uh okay. Hey, uh hey, are you still in the game, Sugar Cane? You must be uh you must be uh long in the tooth. Are you still out there making suits for T V shows? You still I am that? long in the tooth and still making suits. Man. I- <laughs> That almost I, I, I still make them. I still make them. I still wrap people in silks from all over the world. Right. Cloths, pillowcases, everything I can find. I'm wow. a master. I'm still measuring tanks. I'm still I'm still in the game. I'm still in the game, baby Bjorn. Man. Mr. Kane. Yes. Do you make suits for women dressed as men? Absolutely. Oh, well, we kind of know he does because you you clothed that woman in the play as a soldier. Yes, all That's of my suits right. are non-binary. Oh, oh, wow. oh interesting. Wow. That's very interesting. Well, uh, uh, can you tell us about any uh, productions? You what's the last thing you worked on? I know we're in the middle of this. Uh, everybody's got this virus, and we can't go. Uh, there ain't no TVs or movies being made, evidently, except for if you want to. Apparently, there's a soap opera going where they'll they'll bring in your wife and you can kiss her instead of the actress. That's something I heard. So, yeah, that's the truth. What? I'm telling you on the bold and the beautiful. They says <laughs> people need this soap opera. We're going back into production. And every time you, uh, one actor needs to kiss another actor, they say stop and they bring in their wife or their husband. Oh, that's what Kirk Cameron does for real. Is that what he does? What in do anything mean? he has to kiss a woman in, he oh. turns his wife and they shoot it from behind and he only kisses his wife. And that's a See that? Story. He's yeah. an innovator. Yeah. That's so what that... my, my husband calls the cutting board. My wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. You made a cutting board with a hole in it. Yes. And... yes for when I'm out of town, but I'm always home. <laughs> oh, okay. 
<laughs> Sounds like she, he still has a relationship with it, even though you haven't left town. But uh, what was well, I going? She's funnier than I am. Oh man, she's sorry funny. to hear that. Sorry to hear that. But say, uh, Sugar Cane, uh, what's yes. the last thing you worked on? You the last thing I worked on was actually a Kirk Cameron film. Oh, you're kidding me. Hallmark Channel. Oh, they listen. I'm not a gossip, but they nope. don't believe in the quarantine. They don't believe in Whoa. coronavirus. They're still filming because they feel like they have to get these movies out to spread the message. Yeah. And so I, the la- I, I need money. I can't turn down work. And oh. So I made myself a hazmat suit. So oh. I took a bunch of hazmat suits and I fashioned them into a three-piece suit. Whoa. It looks so cool. It does not cover any orifice on my body. <laughs> so any any droplets will get in. I, this must be the best-looking hazmat suit, though. Oh, Man. it is fantastic. It is fantastic, Daddy-O. I love it so much. And I, that's the last thing that I worked on was a Kirk Cameron production. Uh-huh. And yeah. it was it was called Christmas Time in Beirut. In Beirut? <laughs> yes. Whoa. And it's where he goes to Beirut and tries to convert everybody to Christianity. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. They make uh, 365 Christmas movies a year, a Hallmark Channel. Isn't that correct? Yes, this one is set to air in August. Okay. Yeah, they have a a, a yearly uh, special there where they do the 365 days of Christmas, and it, and it as soon as it's over, it starts again the next day. I love it. That, yeah. I can't get enough Christmas for me. Me either. By the way, there is a Bonanza Christmas album. Mutt and I talked about it on one of these bonus episodes. You, you'd all check that out. Christmas at the Ponderosa, I believe they called it. And uh, I'll, I'll put that. I'll just put that on on the middle of a hot day in the middle of summer. Goddamn! All right. Well, what do you say, folks? Should we get to talking about this episode of Bonanza? What yes, time? How long have we been at it? But typically, we end up taking a break before we get into it for reals. I guess we'll do that. Should we all take a break? Sure. All right. Well, this is it. But Taylor's here. Amy Slaverson's here. Sugar Cane going to be telling us all about the uh, the suits and uh, behind the scenes excitement of this episode. We'll be right back after a break. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. All right. 
right, we're back, and we're going to jump right into season one, episode 10 of Bonanza, The Magnificent Ada. This episode, by the way, is about the real life. Once again, there's a real life yeah. person that the episode's based around. Her name was Ada Menken, and she toured with a show that was a hippo drama. She had a popular hippo drama, which... Uh, uh, it's a kind. What a hippodrama is is it's a play in which a live horse comes onto the stage at some point. <laughs> okay, and, well, now I I question the name right away. Well, that's what I says. I says because uh, the only thing I can think is that maybe hippopotamuses were more popular, and so they was trying to they would advertise it as a hippodrama, and then uh, get people in the door. And then it's actually a horse. Tra- I don't know. That's the only thing I can wow. come up with. Oh, yeah. Bait and switch. Oh, bait and switch. The horse was the best part. Yeah. Man, I yeah. love that. And if, then he yeah. left. Yeah, he left. If you used to tell me that any play has, a, is at some point a horse is going to come out in this play, I'd see a lot more plays. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Well, and a naked woman who's not in any way naked, but is, is naked enough to fool a hoss. Yeah, that's right. And apparently that was what this show was. She would get uh, onto a, a horse uh, and her character was naked, but she was really in just a pair of long johns. And I guess if you were sitting far enough back, you'd go, holy crap, a naked lady on a horse. Wow. Or, or if you're sitting real close up and you're as dumb as hoss. So he, we he now know seats. that he's never seen a naked woman ever. Oh, so as far as he knows, the flesh of a naked woman might be made of flannel. Yeah, and have absolutely no uh, other, uh, just no nipples or nothing to speak of. Just pure (laughs) Barbie doll. Yeah, maybe. He had a real good seat. But anyways, uh, I want to tell you a few things about this episode. Uh, uh, Here's a few. Uh, This episode was directed by a guy named Christian Nyby, who is credited as the director of The Thing from Another World. But nobody believes he really directed it because it's too good. (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) They think Howard Hawks must have really directed it because (laughs) nothing else Christian Nyby ever did ever came close to that. Well, did they not see this episode? I I know. This episode is fantastic. And then uh, another thing about this episode is that the, there's a, a the fellow, uh, character named John C. Regan is played by Don McGowan, who played the goddamn creature from the Black Lagoon in <gasps> The Creature wow. Walks Among Us in 1956. Oh, wow. Yes. And this uh, that movie, by the way, of the, the Creature Walks Among Us, the plot of this Creature of the Black Lagoon movie is that they're try, they try to capture the creature and they accidentally set him on fire. And then they bring him to a hospital on land and they're treating him for his burns. And in the meantime, he sheds his gills and develops human lungs because he's been on land so long, he's turning into a man. Uh-huh. And so they say, well, if he's going to be a man, we better put some clothes on him. And I'll show you a picture of, uh, of the creature from the Black Lagoon becoming a man and putting on clothes. And this is that Don McGowan as the creature. So let's here he is. There he is. Oh my God. Look at that. Now, Sugar Cane, did you do the costumes for that? I don't like to speak on my work very often. But I <laughs> okay. did do this. Oh, you I did you did, made that suit? I made, made that, that suit. suit. We made that suit out of thirty one potato sacks. It fits like a glove. Like a glove. <laughs> and let me tell you something about the creature from the Black Lagoon's taint. Not to be oh. confused with McGowan's taint. Okay, okay. The actual creature from the Black Lagoon. Because no. I told them, 
I went into the makeup department mm-hmm. as they were making the prosthetics for the creature for the Black Lagoon. And okay. I said, this is by no means my job. I, I should not be telling you this, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you some notes on this. Okay. If he's a creature and he's lived in a Black Lagoon for this long, yeah. mm-hmm. his taint is enormous. <laughs> What? You think it, it must have just swelled up or something like that in the water? Because that's the first part of your body that swells when you've been in water for a long time. Yes. I didn't know that. That's what makes sense. Yes. Wow. From the navel to the tank. The yeah. navel to the tank. Yeah. <laughs> said, that has to be bigger. It, it's not realistic. I refuse to watch this film. Good. Well, yeah. I can't believe I can't believe it. And you were involved because I, I, this movie backs up what I've been saying for a long time. Because, you know, I run into creatures from the Black Lagoon all the time. Just today, you know, I'm staying here at the holiday and I went and get my truck out this morning and they charged me for a whole extra day of parking because I'd been there a few hours past the 24 hours. Fellow that told me that turns out was a creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> now. Now, people how, say to me all the time, that? well, you know? that's what people say to me all the time. Well, did he look like a creature from, and no, the answer is no. And now this movie backs me up by saying if a creature from the Black Lagoon is on land long enough, he will eventually morph into more of a man. How did you, you go, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. How did you fight the creature? Did you pray? Uh Oh, my, I could have tried praying, but I I just stabbed him. Uh Yeah. Oh. I'll, next time I'll try praying. I didn't even think about it. I just stabbed him in the heart. And we're going to have to edit that out because I know Earwolf doesn't want me talking about monster killing on this show. And I've been real good about it. Real good. But, uh, yeah, so there anyway. two things we don't do on the show. That's talk about monsters and gossip. We never gossip on this show. Never talk about anybody's lives personally. Let me Hell tell you something. No. You guys pick the right. If you don't gossip on the show, you pick the right guest because yeah. I don't gossip. I don't tell anything. I am I am a sealed, I am a locked and sealed trunk. Okay. Let's get started at scene by scene. The first scene of this episode, we're in the middle of a forest and a man wearing plaid is hanging a poster to advertise a show. Beautiful and he, suit. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful suit. It's the first one I made for the episode. Derwin Watkins. Derwood Watkins is a character named in wearing a beautiful suit. And he is advertising this show on a tree in the middle of a forest on somebody's private land. <laughs> the, the, where theoretically no one but the landowners will pass. Yep. <laughs> now, that is uh, that's some direct marketing because there's... <laughs> Four people maximum that'll ever see it if they happen to come to that part of the forest that's on their land. And I, I was looking at the map real carefully for the first time in the opening credits. The Ponderosa yep. is enormous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all of North Lake Tahoe. Because it's theirs. That's it's right. theirs. That's they own right. It. They own it. They Yeah. Let's not get too deep into that no but think of how many other plays they've missed from uh, bills posted on trees that they haven't even ridden by yet <laughs> good point yeah at one point uh uh ben cartwright says oh it's a man-sized spread the ponderosa so to your point it is huge that's a 14 inch taint right there yep okay, so they baby cakes yeah so uh as we learned in the, our last episode of this show, the Cartwright boys can make a bullet go wherever they want it to. And so they are they start shooting at Derwood Watkins, but just for fun, just for comical fun. And they shoot his hat off and whatnot. They're just they're just fun at him. Uh, 
And then uh, he offers them uh, the best seats in the house for the show he's advertising, and and they act like they don't want him. But uh, but then they take a look at this poster, and there's that naked girl on a horse, and uh, they all, I guess, get the same idea where I'm going to go see that show. Yeah, right? and Haas gets a little bit more of an idea where he carefully folds that away and tucks it into his lapel for later use. Oh, he hung on to the poster, oh. huh? Yeah, I didn't catch that. The sin of owning. <laughs> I actually had to sew in a extra pocket Whoa. into his po- into his pants. Oh man! To, for him to fit that poster folded up in, because a folded poster is a lot of a lot of fabric, especially one that's supposed to be in the 1800s. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of wow. fabric. It was made on cheesecloth. Oh. And uh, that his his whole outfit was made of cheesecloth. No, just the poster. Oh, just the poster was. Yes. Okay. His outfit was made of polyester. Oh, really? Really? Wow. Yes. I well, don't usually talk about my fabrics, but <laughs> oh, well, you can't tell it's made of polyester, man. That good job. So, uh, yep. And then, uh, then I guess we went to the opening credits where the map, which uh, took a good look at this time, uh, burns. The map bur- burns up, and that's the I believe that's the tenth time they've done it. This is the tenth episode to feature the burning map. Uh, and then we see uh, Little Joe and Hoss are all gussied up, and they're sneaking out to go see the show because they figure they don't want Ben Cartwright or their older brother Adam to know that they are going to see this Randy piece of theater with a naked girl in it right this is a if paul catches us at a show like this he'll skin us alive they say but then it seems like pa's very uh female positive or always knows what a real woman is so it's a mixed message his father's giving him a mixed message well it is interesting how little those boys know their father and their brother they figure man the two of them would be extremely disapproving of us going to this show yeah it's almost as if every episode is written episode by episode which the authors have never watched a previous episode before (laughs) and the morality of the cartwrights seems to change on a dime (laughs) it sure does it sure does so that was real weird but they got uh they go to see they go what happens oh yeah there's a one-armed man in a saloon and this is a strange scene he he wants his friend who can bend a horseshoe and is as drunk as any man could ever be to fight a former uh professional champion fighter in the bar uh for for money i guess yeah something like that sledge Sledge is the is the drunkard, and it's called the B plot. That's the B, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the B. And uh, this uh, one armed man, uh, hey, hey, spill spill a little secret here, sugar cane. It Ooh. looks to me like, and I don't want to, you know, I might be wrong, but that he might have had a second arm hidden in his shirt. Might have even had a third. It's so bulgy. <laughs> Is that Listen. did they did they find a fellow with only one arm or uh, or did it look like what it looked like there where he's got... I am not supposed to say this okay oh, but okay. that man yep. did not have a left arm you but he me. did have three right arms all Whoa. that moved at the same oh. at the same time like like as if a, a fake spider with the string oh my god <laughs> wowee so you can <gasps> see go ahead a tripod. A tripod. A tripod. A tripod. Yeah. yeah. So you could see they were like, "Hey, we found an actor that only that doesn't have a left arm," and then they didn't realize they was getting a guy that had three right arms. 
So that I, so that makes sense when you look at that actor. They're strapping two right arms onto his butt to hide them. Yes, I had yep. to sew in three long arm pockets into the front of the shirt, and he crossed his arms in front of him as if yeah. he were hiding himself. What a pain in the you, neck! And when you think that they're shooting this all on a public bus, <laughs> exactly the two twelve. The two twelve, unbelievable. Yeah, I got a quick question, Sugar King. When you met that man and uh, Sue went to shake his hand. What the fuck did you do? I slapped all three of them down like two, two, two. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. And did they make different tones when you yes. slapped? <laughs> do, oh, do, do. beautiful. <sighs> There's a little funny, weird little scene here where Joe and Haas uh, pass up the opportunity to go watch the fight in the saloon to go see the show. I don't know why. Why'd they have that scene? What did that tell us? <laughs> or they go, hey, you want to go in there and watch a fight? No, let's go on to the show like we was planning to. Can't figure yeah. it. Well, so then they see the show, and the show is there's nights. Uh, it I don't know where it takes place or when, but uh, this Otta Mankin is dressed up as a knight. I guess she plays a man through the whole show, and uh, at some point uh, she is. Uh, they take off her clothes and tie her to a horse. So is that what happens? Seems like it to me. I mean, <laughs> I'll be damned that gal playing a fella. That's like a little theater history here. Sarah Bernhardt used to play Hamlet and she had a wooden leg, I think. Or do I got that wrong? Is it Sandra Bernhardt? What's the one that follows Madonna around was in that great movie, Hudson Hawk? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe. Sa- Sandra Bernhardt? A-Rod, I think was the one. <laughs> Yeah, A-Rod. That's yeah. right. The be- the baseball player? I think so. Here, let's watch a little scene from uh, from this play here. Uh, I think this is the moment uh, with the horse. Here. Yeah, there they go. There there she is in her long johns. Wow. Hey. He sure was a girl, wasn't he? He sure is. so excited. They tired of this horse. Hoss is getting real mad. So this guy says, this is going to strike terror throughout Poland. (laughs) And sure enough, that horse takes off like a fucking rocket. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they intended it to go that far. And Hoss really believes this is real. And he's not the only one. All of these miners and folks are like they're storming the stage and all of these actors who are carrying spears, aim them at the audience. <laughs> wow, you so must have powerful. had to been there. I had yeah. to sew all of those spears together. What? <laughs> really? Them's cloth yeah. spears? <laughs> the spears was considered part of the costume for them? So what I had to do was soak the fabric in starch and let it sit out until it hardened. And it was oh sharp enough to stab audience members. Wow. Wow. That's you know, that horse amazing. kept going for 48 miles. <laughs> You're kidding me. All the way that back poor... to the Edith Head building. All the way back to Edith Head. Well, I'm not surprised. It wants to go home. Sugar well. Queen, I have. I might have some, maybe some work for you. And then um, I'm designing a series of puppets for girls to act. So it's oh. only pu- it's acting jobs for girls. So it's going to be mm. smaller puppets, yes. smaller oh. hands, and they only are for playing parts that girls could never be. Oh, so um, like the president, or like a tall guy, <laughs> right, right, or a penis, 
<laughs> or um, or God. Oh, so you've got puppets that is God, a penis, the president, and a tall person. Those are the puppets. Yes. <laughs> and these are specifically for girls to put on their hand and play. To learn to act. <laughs> to learn to act. But you take on the role that you could never have in real life. I see. Okay. Yeah. That, I love that idea. So people yeah. you, people can find that on Lot's Daughters. <laughs> it's on my website, lotsdaughters.com, where you yourself can become a sales rep, a profit oh, yeah. for the profit. Oh, oh I love it. Profit yeah. for profit. I normally don't take work, but I will do anything for you, Daddy. I will sew all the puppets you need, Daddy. Oh. <laughs> I've just gained a commissionary. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> ding, ding, no- ding, ding, ding. Normally, you'll you'll send that design off to China, and they'll have it done for you in like twelve hours. Yeah, twelve hours, so they- but it'll take six weeks to ship. Yeah, see that? Isn't that right? Isn't yeah. that right? Like, why can't people run faster <laughs> right. to get here? I assume they're running to get here. Come on. Hey, speaking of China and China, Chinese people, that's what we're supposed to call them, I guess, Chinese people. There's a number of them in this episode, quite a few. And they're all sort of uh, they're all in the service class. They'll all just kind of bring a lobster to you or tell you your horse is ready. Yeah. They have all have exactly the same costumes. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Were those made by you, Sugar King? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you make the... Hmm? The, 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 did you make the costumes for the men in the in the in the service industry in the in the Chinese? <laughs> Unfortunately, costumes? I did not make those costumes. <gasps> no. Oh. Yes. Oh. They were, you know. I listen. I don't get into politics. Mm. Yeah. But they, those men, were forced to find the costumes on their own. This was not a very good production. B-Y-O-W, bring your own wardrobe. That is not fair. Was that a policy only for the Chinese people? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This was not a good set. Was Mm. that hair real or was that a wig? Are those little stringy long ponytails there? I did sew those. (gasps) Oh, Oh, okay. Those were all yarn. Really? Isn't that something? Because I would think they might hand that over to the hair department, but it was costumes, huh? Well, here's the thing. I went into the hair department. And oh. I said, I, I am not a person who tells somebody else how to do their job, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do this because you guys can't do it well. Wow. You laid down the ball. I don't have much hubris, but I am the best right. in the world. That's, That's okay. the thing. When you know, you know, and you don't, there's no other way to describe it except your, your awesome greatness. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, daddy, baby. Daddy, yep. Now that's confusing. What's that? Daddy baby. Daddy baby is confusing. Yeah, How hate... is it, baby daddy? Okay, that's that's just as confusing. <laughs> baby daddy. I think a baby daddy could be a, ba- a daddy of a baby, but a, ba- but a daddy baby. That's, yeah, that's a daddy be... who looks like a baby, like oh, in yeah. that Roger Rabbit cartoon. Uh Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, adult babies. I've heard of them. <laughs> I'm very concerned about them. Oh, Baby bosses. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, so uh, but getting back to our episode here. Then now, after the show, they go to the back to that saloon, and uh, as as tradition holds, the star of the 
play comes into the saloon and throws her garter (laughs) to a bunch of drunkards and somebody gets to catch it. And uh, now, lo and behold, uh, all three of the Cartwright boys, because Ben, turns out Ben was at the show, too. Or I mean, Adam. Adam was at the show. So all three of the boys are there. And in walks Ben Cartwright, their, their own father. And not only was he at the show, but he's old friends with Autumn Mankin. This is the second time in these 10 episodes that it turns out Ben has a longstanding relationship with a disreputable woman. First time, it was a, a woman who uh, ran a brothel. Second time, it's an actress who uh, rides around on a horse in a pair of long johns. And... Uh, and and the boys had no idea. They're like, "What the heck is our dad doing here?" He's got yeah, a strange. All four cart rides are outed as per- perverts in this. Yeah, man, going to theaters, perverts. Yeah. But and then we find out they go up to her fancy hotel. Oh, the fellow that catches the garter is this prize fighter, and it seems like there's some friction between Ada and this prize fighter, John C. Regan. And up to her fancy room where man oh man, Ben Cartwright has ordered lobster and pheasant, and he's had champagne flown in from Boston, all for Ada Menken. And then because they have a, a just a little bit of a conversation about John Regan, who caught the garter. He decides he's leaving. He doesn't get a taste of any of this food. The whole night is ruined. And she didn't say, I still love him or anything like that. She just said, yeah, that guy was there. It was, I mean, he he came off very sensitive. Ben yeah, Cartwright. he got a hair trigger, I think, so, for sensitivity. Yeah. He's got PTSD because all those wives died. (laughs) I guess that's right. And then this uh, hotel room seems to have a secret entrance uh, (laughs) because he walks out the front door and John C. Regan has come in through the secret entrance and is standing behind her. He's been there the whole time. And and I guess we learned that he he has previously been paid by her to leave her alone. But now here he is. Yeah, she hired him to leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, he had to fill out a W-9 and, and uh, leave her alone for a while, but not too long. Then what happens? Then we get... Uh, Oh, Haas is bringing a tree over to Adam. I guess it's the next day. He's just carrying a tree. And uh, and uh, little Joe rides up with all this urgency, and he says, Pa didn't come home last night. They're all worried because they think Pa might have got some action from that Otto Mankin. Oh, yeah. He's probably lousy with syphilis by this point. <laughs> exactly. They're all concerned. And then they've also heard, well, Hopsing had to bring a set of clothes into Virginia City for Pa to change into in the morning. And uh, Otta's going to come home with them for dinner. Right. Now, Sugar Cane, did Hopsing not only have to get his own costume, but also get those clothes because they're a prop for him? Yes. He had to buy those. He had to find them somewhere. Oh, wow. The set was not PC. It was not yeah. PC. Oh, I'm not surprised. Well, good for them. Yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah, you don't need that PC garbage. But anyways, uh, so Haas. Okay, now, next thing we see is uh, Ada comes over for dinner to the Ponderosa. And now the boys are all dressed up like three little Colonel Sanders. <laughs> They're all wearing the same outfit. Tell us how a little bit you. about that. No, no, whoa, whoa, that's a compliment, Colonel Sanders. How, how dare you, Daddy Baby? I cannot believe you just said that about my work. Oh no, no, Colonel I think they Sanders. Look, 
I think they look fantastic. He meant Mark Twain's. Yeah. Ah, that's more like it. Yeah, there's a shot where all three of them are in the shot together, and they're all wearing the same shirt and the same tie, and yeah. it looks like you, you, you just want at least one of them to be holding a bucket of chicken. I thought they was in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or some shit like that. Yeah, they got all dressed up. Yeah, what's the story with that, Sugar Cane? Why'd you do that? Here there's, is what happened. Oh, uh-huh. no, please. Oh, they're sweet daddy babies. That's what they are. Oh, they are sweet daddy babies, yes. That's a daddy baby. Yes, oh, okay. These are all daddy babies. I see. They're there to support their daddy. They're babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Well, now, at some point in this dinner, which is going along just fine, uh, uh, Adam says, yeah, what we do here in the Ponderosa is we protect what's ours from outsiders. And he really <laughs> stares down his <laughs> His dad's girlfriend, and she's like, oh, I get it. And then they tell her, you know, you go out and sit on, in the carriage all by yourself, and we're going to talk to our dad. And then they say to their dad, we, like, we don't want you to date her because she's an actress or something. That's the mm-hmm. beef, right? Yeah. And he says, I'll, don't worry about me, and he leaves. Okay, but they decide they're going to do something about it. And this is when Adam goes to her dressing room, and what's he there for, we understand? He is there to say... Leave our father alone. And to to create a new definition of consent. Yes. So let's watch that scene because... (laughs) To finally get it defined. (laughs) If his mission was... His mission is... This is a classic example of mission creep. But let's see. Because he's he's going there to tell her, leave our dad alone. He is a mission creep. (laughs) I guess so. I think you know why I'm here. Yes, I think I do. Don't you think your father is wise enough man to take care of himself? Look, Ada, you have your way of life. We have ours. You also speak for your brothers? In this case, yes. Tell me, Adam, when did you first decide I was a bad woman? When you saw me with your father or or when you saw me on the stage? What are you afraid of, Adam? What makes you think I'm afraid? He ain't never afraid. You came here to say something to me. Why don't you say it? He's going to say it. Words are necessary. What? Oh. You know what I mean? He's grabbed her by the shoulders and plants a big kiss on her. And she's, I don't know how you would describe her participation. (laughs) She's staring at him in wonderment. Well, now at least we understand each other. But do they? Boy, that is a one-way understanding of understanding. (laughs) There wasn't a yes in there. I didn't hear a yes anywhere. Nope, there sure wasn't a yes. I mean, I'm I was so confused by that scene because he's there to tell her leave our father alone, and then at what point did he decide he's going to kiss her? Uh, oh, I mean, what's he doing? Fun fact: that kiss was so wet they both slobbered all over that robe. <gasps> Because back then people smoked so many cigarettes and did chewing tobacco and things of that nature. It burned a hole right through it. What? She did chewing tobacco? She did. Oh, That's why her voice is so deep. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yep. That's a crazy scene. And then so he, Adam walks out of there and little Joe is like, well, I guess I better go in there. He he, he says, I'm going to go in there and talk her out of being with our dad but he, and he takes the same approach he goes in there like a big old flirt bringing in all this uh food and wine to for the purpose of telling her leave our dad alone but he's putting all the moves on right yeah, he decides to get a shave and a new suit i think he's going in there 
ready to poon down. It was premeditated. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. That's right. It, I think you're This is a complicated psychodrama. Their father has is hanging out with, with a woman, and they're all worried about it because they think she's disreputable, and they, they go to, to, to in, do something about it. When, in fact, they are the sex offenders. Yeah, it is a complicated psychodrama, or just written scene to scene on any different day, not caring about what came the day before. It's one of the two, and I, I think you're right, though. Hey, <laughs> it's one of the two. Yeah. Maybe they did it as a Mad Libs. <laughs> I guess so, but then this one goes totally in the in a different direction because she starts putting the moves on him and getting him all flustered and he's nervous. Yeah, and, and yeah. then she pushes him off the couch. Yeah, it's clear as day. What's going on here? And that is, I do not know. <laughs> he went in there to put the moves on her, and then she starts going, "Oh yeah, we're going to do it." And then he's like, "Get me the hell out of here." I've just. Right. It's the I Love Lucy's uh, syndrome where, you know, she'd try to scare off a suitor by coming on strong, but it would backfire on her. You know what no, I mean? No, the only guy oh. who's going to help you in the end is the violent alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Spoiler. Guess so. Spoiler. Well, so, okay. So then what happens? Uh, oh, and why yeah. doesn't a hoss doesn't get a, get a run at her? I know. You know, that's, that's an interesting good. I don't like to give away Hollywood secrets, but I will tell you this. (laughs) Yeah. All of the suits that the boys were wearing, I had to sew in what they called poon down holes. (laughs) Yes. Now, what's that? Because just like you just said, they they all went in to look like they were going in to poon down. Well, that was in the original script. I think it was cut for time. Mm. But they had me sew in poon down holes in all of the pants of the suits. Wow. And they told me, I said, all right, well, like, let's get to Hoss's suit. And they secretly said to me, don't do it for Hoss. <gasps> You're kidding me. Oh, Whoa. no. He's they wearing are. chastity trousers, basically. Yep. They, they weren't going to let Hoss poon oh. down. They don't Isn't want him to something? replicate. They don't want him to have a kid and have it be another Hoss. Oh, yeah. How does yeah. a poon down hole work? Is it just like a fly? <laughs> Sort of like a fly. It's a, it's a, okay. it's opposite of the fly, depending on which way your penis leads. <laughs> oh, I see. What's well, cross mounted? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, or is it, it round it, like a birdhouse? It's it's round like a birdhouse, but okay. it can be spread out through Velcro. Oh, wow, man, you're an innovator. So it's like an an eyelid that sticks. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's an analogy that I understand. The pony yeah. and eyelid. Yeah, I wish you would have just said that. I mean, because that's something everybody. Uh, you know, identify with. Yeah, stick an eyelid. Sure. Well, then, so there's a knock on the door, and uh, everybody assumes it must be Ben coming to check on Otta, but instead it's that prize fighter, Regan, and he comes in. He wants to beat up Joe or something like that, and she she hands him some jewels to get out of town, Uh, and then, uh, oh, yeah, and that's when Ben shows up with a gun on his hip and proposes marriage in a kind of a strange way. His manner of proposal is she says, well, it's not like Ben's going to marry me. And then he, from across the room, goes, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Yeah. And then she <laughs> says, don't interfere, Ben. And he says, I'll interfere because I'm asking you to marry me, meaning that gives him the right. All, all you have to do is ask a woman to marry her, and yeah. you can do anything you want to her. I guess that's right. That's now- one of my dinner plates. It <laughs> says, it says, 
You asked. I said yes because I had to. And it says it in script. And it's a big dinner plate. And so your whole family can enjoy like a, a roast turkey. Or... Beautiful. Or a pheasant and some lobster. Yeah, a pheasant that hasn't even been plucked. Did you get a look at that thing? I didn't notice. It's covered in feathers. Well, its wings were spread and on the plate. And yeah, Yeah. I had to sew the wings back onto the already cooked pheasant. Oh, God. I guess that's how they ate it in those days. They cost food. (laughs) Yeah, that's strange. It's very strange. But so, uh, uh, okay, yeah, it gives him a stake in her affairs because he says, I'm going to marry you. And then what happens? I don't remember how that scene ends, but I guess uh, Regan just leaves. And then and then there's a weird scene where little Joe comes into the bar and he punches Haas for no reason whatsoever. And then he's getting on his horse, but here comes Regan, who punches him from behind and then just kicks the crack crap out of him, right? Yeah, yeah. Now you said this was method, so was they all really fighting on set there, Sugar K? They were all fighting. Everyone was really fighting, but they oh, also man. had this thing where they would never there were so so many times that I would yell from the side. It was all it all had to be cut out uh, for time. But yeah. there were so many times where I would just yell, "Shoot him! You have a gun! You can't oh. fight him! Shoot him!" And they would go, "Ah, oh, we can't shoot someone who doesn't have a gun. We can't shoot an unarmed man. We can't shoot an unarmed man." And I go, "Shoot his ass! You, yeah. you can't beat him up." There's a strange code on this show where both parties have to agree whether this is going to be a fist fight or a gunfight. Yeah, but and if it's a fist you fight, sh- you can you just hit him from behind. Sorry, yeah. and you can get shot in the hand at any time, or the wrist, and it might move. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. And you better believe if you're wearing a hat, that might get shot right off. Or holding up a hanky, and never mind that there's a little piece of fishing line attached to it. Don't hey, worry about that. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a scene Durwood gets his hanky shot out of his hand yeah well in the beginning that uh, plaid suited fellow yeah uh-huh yeah. oh that's funny well he is a he is a showman he is an agent for a show so I guess it makes sense that he would have tied a fishing line to his hanky right. to be whipped away when a gun fires yeah. I, I buy that well okay now what happens so uh oh uh, there's a scene where Ben explains his proposal to Ada and here's where Things become more clear because <laughs> Ada basically spills the beans that Adam planted a kiss on her pretty much. And 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 Ben's response is, huh, OK, neat. And then basically the way they talk about it is they say, uh, see, I, I, I can't. She says, like, I can't marry you, Ben, because your boys are adults. And if I marry you, they're just going to constantly be kissing on me. Seems to be basically the problem. Yeah, and Cart- Ben Cartwright has a real problem with the boxer wanting her. But the minute it's one of his sons, well, ain't that cute? Ha, let's have a laugh. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. You can't be safe anywhere unless it's with the guy who's who's violent and angry. Yeah. Yeah. She cannot marry Ben because she will be constantly getting kissed when she doesn't expect it by his adult sons. Well, that's a real pickle. So they just figure their their love is never going to never going to happen. All right, but now they find out that Joe has been beaten bad by Regan and they storm into the saloon and Ben Cartwright wants to shoot him and gives him a gun to make it a fair fight. 
but Regan won't pick up the gun. So, oh, well, I guess it has to be a fist fight. And Ben's going to do it. But then Adam restrains him so that Hoss can do it. Which proves that Ben probably wouldn't have been too good in that fight if he was so easily restrained by his one son. That's a good point. He's restrained for a long time. And then we have just a hell of a brawl between this this uh, champion prize fighter and uh, the human monster that is Hoss Cartwright. And, man, this goes on for one minute and a half with no music, and it is just uh, Hoss swinging these gigantic haymaker knockout punches that uh, a Regan can see coming from across the plains, and he ducks them, and then he hits Hoss, he punches Hawes again and again and again and again. And then finally, I'll show you the end of the fight, because after one minute and a half of being pummeled, somebody has a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it took a long time to get to this suggestion, but let's see it. Here we go. Don't try oh. to fight him. Wrestle him. Oh. Oh. <laughs> There he goes. He grabs him in a bear hug and just squeezes the life out of him. That's it. Now, what is that in his shirt? Did you know it's a fanny pack or something? Back that up a little bit. Oh, wait. I backed it up way too far. We're going to see. I don't see it there. Now I see it. There's something in Hoss's. Well, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, that, there it is. Yeah, there, there it is. Well, sir, after about a minute and a half of being pummeled near to death, finally Adam says, hey, don't try and fight him like a boxer. Wrestle him. And then Haas literally just grabs him and, and squeezes him like a, like a, what, like a sea monster would squeeze a ship. Yeah. Is is the key to Haas winning a fight just conceptual? Like, all you have to do, I mean, then why not just say, don't try to fight him, kill him. <laughs> right or eat him yeah, yeah he can't down get on enough him. to eat he eats so much yeah he's hungry <laughs> he should have ate him uh sugar cane what was that in the back we see a like a big like a square or something in the back of a hoss's shirt there at the end of that, that was fight. a pool floaty Oh, he had a. Why do you have a pool floaty under his shirt? Wow. Because as soon as as soon as this scene was over, he was so hot and sweaty. He said, "I am going to go run and jump into Toluca Lake." <gasps> Whoa! Oh, wow! No. But he ain't much of a swimmer, I guess. No. And he no, knew he that needed, he needed the extra support. Okay. So he, during the scene, he he put on a pool floaty, knowing that when the scene was done, he was going to go swimming. Yep. He knew exactly that he was going to go run and jump into Chaluka Lake, but he's going to stay. You know, that, that lake is only, you know, two feet deep. Yeah, that's not a big <laughs> lake, Chaluka Lake. Well, okay, so finally, Adam wins that fight by crushing his opponent. And H- Hoss uh, does. Oh, I'm sorry, Hoss, thank you. That's okay. Yep. And then what happens is uh, uh, she comes running in, Ada comes running in. She sees this injured, belligerent, horrible drunk who every time we see him he's either punching somebody or downing a bottle of whiskey and she grabs him and and cradles his head and says oh you're going to be all right you're going to be all right 
And that's when all the Cartwrights just kind of go, oh, well, we all three of us, all four of us basically tried to get in her pants, but she's staying with that guy. What can you do? He's got some line. He, what do they say there? Uh, she, the, could, uh, she could have any man she wants, as I think you found out, says uh, Ben to his son. And then, and then he says to Hoss, there are many kinds of love, Hoss, as many kinds as there are women. Whoa. Beautiful. Beautiful three line. of which we've died. <laughs> At least three. I have to go get the front door. Oh, all okay. right. <laughs> Amy Sleeperson's going to go get her answer the front door. Now, do you think that Ada decided to stay with the fighter because he's basically her employee and she has some just some, you know, kind of HR responsibility? Like she can't just fire him. Oh, I guess he, he could probably sue. Right. Yeah. He could sue for uh, discrimination or so, or or just like oh, because he's got a problem. Here's how. Here's his grounds to sue. Yeah, you're you're firing me because I am an alcoholic. Can't do that, right? Right, right. I don't know. Maybe you can. Well, so there you go. That's how that one ends up. It seems like almost that once again we almost have a woman who's going to join life at the ponderosa comes real close to getting a woman as a regular member of this show but uh nope last minute she decides to stay with this drunk yeah and numerous times in this episode they talk about how much the presence of a woman is needed on the ponderosa and then let it go it's just as quickly as that yeah i believe there's a moment where she says about hop Singh, who serves them some food she says he's delightful and ben cartwright says he needs the discipline of a woman we all do something That's like right. that. Discipline Hops. us, Amy. <laughs> I know. I could tell you guys what to do. You guys keep keep having great ideas and making me do them. <laughs> That's what I'd like to have some guidance. <laughs> all right. <sighs> oh well. So once again, it doesn't work out for the Cartwrights. They are losers at love, uh, but not because of the woman dying, as usually happens, but because she stays with a violent drunk. <laughs> as has happened before, I believe. I believe that did happen once before, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Hey, in real life, uh, Otto Mencken died uh, of some kind of disease in Paris at the age of 33. Whoa. And, yep. And and. She really was involved with this prize fighter, but he had a different name, uh, John C. Something else. And uh, he was a, yeah, he really lived and he lost every fight in reality. Now, she wasn't also that character in the movie Tombstone. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. We'll find out. Look it up. All right. Well, that's our episode. Unfortunately, we only have 421 episodes left to go of this podcast. (laughs) Very sad. Um, yeah, but, uh, hey, hey, Sugar Cane, do you have anything you want to promote? Anything you want to tell us about you're up to? You know, I would just say I don't, I don't like to promote this. I'm not a self-promoter, no. promotionary person. Never. But if I were to be, mm-hmm. I would say follow your hearts, listen to your dreams, come to me when you want to scream. <laughs> Wait, whoa, that was not, that was out of left field. I did not expect that. All right, I'll come to Sugar Cane when I want to scream. Uh, you sound like just the perfect guy to get a suit made from. I'm going to do that. Please come. Please do. Uh, all right. Where are you, by the way? I'm located mm-hmm. on the 212 bus at oh. the La Brea and Sunset Stop, right okay. across from the Taco Salgavi line. 
And <gasps> I, uh, please come naked. Right. Don't wear clothes until I have to measure your taint. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people showing up naked at Sunset and La Brea at that bus, bus stop on the yeah. on the bus. Okay. Well, right. enjoy it. Mutt Taylor, anything you want to tell us about you got going on? No, just, just to say that I'm looking forward to the next 420-some episodes of this podcast, and it's been a real treat so far. I, I, I don't often use the word love lightly, but I love you people. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Yeah. What a sweet yeah. thing to say there, Mutt. Yeah. All right. Uh, Amy Sleverson, what you got? What you going to tell I us about? I have so many new tragedy charms. You can get a charm oh. bracelet with the following new tragedies in case this has happened in your life. Um it's a, it's for, one's for menopause, and it's a tunic length, um, like cover up t shirt uh-huh. that you get at Chico's. Um, one's baby, baby left in a hot car. So it's like a baby in a hot car when you leave your baby and you forget, oh no, it's too hot for a baby. Or sometimes babies get in the back of your car and they're so quiet. Um, you mean like then, a rat gets into the walls of your house and dies? Right, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> A baby crawls in your hot car. People I driving have no around. Idea. Yeah, you have no idea you have a baby in your car and then you park it, it in the hot sun. Six times a year <laughs> in the United States. And then um, uh, just a little bottle, and it's when you run on a thousand island. That was a special one because that's how I feel. I always feel really. And then um, this one is it's a wrapped gift and it represents. When you get someone a secret Santa gift, yeah, and like you get them a, a wine opener, it turns yeah. out they're an AA. Oh, oh man, Jesus. yeah, yeah, that's a real. Tra- now wait, when you have, because uh, you got, we're talking about it's a charm bracelet with tragedy charms to remember your tragedies by. Uh, do they all have to be your tragedy? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, so so what you're saying is that. In this situation where you accidentally get an alcoholic, something to help him drink, that's your tragedy. Well, it certainly is embarrassing. Yes, I see. Okay. Is there yeah. anybody anybody ever ordered every one of them who's just had the worst life that you could possibly imagine? Well, some people are just more supportive. I mean, I don't I don't ask for essays or ah, or proof or anything system. that's notarized. Uh-huh. Right, right. Like, okay. oh, the death certificate of an infant. Or uh, <laughs> I don't ask for that because they're only nine ninety nine. The death oh. certificates or the charms? Wait, what? No, the charms. Oh. nine ninety nine. Oh, how right, much yeah. does it so cost to get a death certificate <laughs> for an infant? Oh, I'll get you one of those. Yeah. yeah. All right. But like I, to see I, one. you know, that kind of thing, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to provide. I'm just gonna trust. Right. Right. Okay, so that's a good idea. Something bad happened. Yeah. Right, clearly. Okay, so that's great. There's so many wonderful products. Man, your product line is just burgeoning over there. And uh, so get yourself a, a tragedy charm to remember the time you ran out of Thousand Island Book, dressing. Yes. Book of Revelations pillows. Lake of Fire is our pillow for this month. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. What's that? Is it a picture or is it text? What's no, on? it's text. It's about oh, okay. um, the Lake of Fire. And first got to hear... We we put out the first eleven pillows. It's mostly about trumpets uh-huh. and um, <laughs> trumpets blowing and and different um, people showing up and 
and but the good stuff gets into the later pillows. Oh, okay. Who that many pillows? I mean, I don't understand how at this point they're still buying pillows. You got to have 21 pillows on a bed. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, oh, know. yeah. And you put what? them in a special arrangement so God knows that you're you're ready for the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh Hey, by the way, last time on this show, we talked about how Olivia Newton-John's ex-boyfriend uh, faked his own death to get out of paying $8,000 in child support and uh, uh, and then was uh, rediscovered after 12 years. But I looked into it a little bit more, and it's it's up for dispute whether they found him, actually. he might they, They've got some grainy pictures of somebody that kind of looks like him. Oh, but, so uh, it's a developing story. It is a developing story. Oh, I hope like within that- the next... He's a Sasquatch. He's a cheap Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. Well, all right. That, that'll that just about do it. And I'm going to uh, I'll make a motion that we close this episode of Bananas for Bonanza. Seconded reluctantly. The motion is reluctantly seconded. All those in favor? I uh, abstain. You're going to abstain this time. Okay. <laughs> We have one vote in favor of uh, of closing it. Can I vote if I second it? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I, okay, I propose I, the motion. I voted for it. So you say aye. So two two ayes. And uh, Sugar King, you have a vote. I removed my abstention. What? Oh, yeah. Two eyes and one abstention. And Sugar, Sugar King, do you have a vote as to whether we should close this episode? There's a stain on my jacket. Whoa. I vote daddy baby. Okay. So we've got two eyes and abstention and a daddy baby. I think the eyes carry the motion. Just barely. Just barely this time. It was a squeaker. And uh, <laughs> therefore, I shall gavel to a close this episode of Bananas for Bonanza. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. We had a real good time. Thank you, Sugar Cane. Thank you for having me. Folks, we will see you next time and all 420 times after that. So long! Bananas for Bonanza is brought to you by Andy Daly with Maria Bamford and Matt Gordley. Theme song by Matt Gordley with The Journeyman, which in this case are Mark McConville, Daniel Michikoff, and Wade Ryan. Special thanks to our gang on the ground, Josh Richmond and Shannon Locke. Bananas for Bonanza is produced by Ryan Connor and Matt Gordley and executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bennett. We'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.